0: How do you say?
1: How do you say? Is it This is how to say
0: hi? <laughs> how to say hi podcast that shares the power of ordinary interactions and how small gestures can spark endless smiles and new
1: connections. Hi, I'm Maggie.
0: And I'm Caitlin. Today we're talking about entering a new community and trying to find a way to establish yourself and meet some new people. I have some personal experience with this as I've moved to Alaska without knowing a single person. I've moved to Chicago with only knowing a couple of contacts. And now I live in Richmond where, again, I didn't really know anybody when I got here. For each of these experiences, something I recognized is the importance of looking for opportunities to really integrate with sub-communities within the communities. When I was in Alaska, I remember I was walking down the street one day and I saw open auditions for a play and I was like, huh, I'll give that a try. And I ended up getting a part in the play and I met so many people and it was really a good way to just make it feel like I wasn't alone in this place that I had never even been before.
1: When we started talking about this episode, a light bulb went off i thought oh my sister has done this a lot she is married to an active duty soldier and there are a lot of people in her shoes there are approximately 1.4 million active duty military people in the u.s and with their families that's another 2 million or so people and they move on average every two or three years so that's a lot of turnover and transition and my sister makes it look pretty easy so i decided to invite her on to share a little bit about her experience and how she integrates into these new communities each time. So welcome, Rebecca.
2: Do you want to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Rebecca Allwine. I am a military spouse. I've been married for 15 years. I've lived in eight places. I have three children, and I have a wonderful pirate dog. All of those give me an opportunity to meet new people. I am a writer, which allows me to communicate the things that I've learned or the questions that I have, along with some researched answers, to the parenting and military community. 15 years, eight places. It's actually pretty interesting. Some of those places we lived a long time. I spent five years in southeastern Arizona seven months in Pensacola, Florida. So I have found that it takes me about six months to get fully invested into the community where I live each time. So I give myself a lot of patience and grace over those six months. I'm going to meet a lot of people. Some of them Mm -hmm. are going to be great friends. Some of them are seasonal friends where we're going to be friends for those six months and it's going to be great. And then I'm going to leave and that's the end and that's okay. That six-month thing you said,
0: I can really relate to that. I always tell myself that wherever I go, I need to be there for at least six months because that's when you feel really integrated in either like, hey, this is something I love or I'm ready for the next adventure. Because mm-hmm. there's like some getting into the grind too. Like you always have those initial impressions or those initial things you're figuring out. Like I'm sure for you, you have to think about like, what's my new doctors? Where's my new vet?
2: There's a lot of like searching and hunting. My husband... Goes to work on day one and he's immediately surrounded by a community. But I work remotely, so I don't have an office with people. And I have to find the right school, the right childcare, um, new church, the vet, a doctor, dentist, hairdresser, babysitters, everything. And it's a lot of stuff that you take for granted, you know, six months a year into living somewhere, you know where you want to get pizza from on Friday night. You know how long it's going to take you to get to Costco, but I'm figuring all of that out. And a lot of that I do get from meeting new people and from communicating with them. And then on the flip side, sharing that, I mean, I've been living in Georgia now for four years. So if you ask me where I think you should go for a date night or what park is the best one to play at, I have those answers now and I'm pretty free in giving those out to people anytime they ask. In some ways, it would
1: seem like those are two separate jobs, getting yourself settled, getting your kids settled, and then also building a network. But what you're saying is it kind of helps to do both at the same time. Exactly. I really think it comes from
0: reaching out to the established community. When you are established at a location, can you like just identify someone who's new? And when you do, do you ever like take action on that?
2: So I think each place has norms, um, cultural norms, even the language. We have a town here that if you looked it up on a map, you would call it Martinez. We pronounce it Martinez. There's a clue.
0: So when you see somebody who you identify as being new to that community, do you approach them or let them kind of find their
2: way? In a social setting, absolutely. I will be the first person to come up and talk to you if you're in the corner, if you just walk in the door and i am so ready for us to have more of those opportunities what's your icebreaker what's your conversation starter the questions like what are you looking forward to this summer or what tv show are you watching something that really gets to the heart of them i love that you want to get to know the
1: person not like their status in life or their you know the the way the world identifies them mm -hmm. exactly you mentioned there are places that people like are seeking out resources and asking questions is that like a facebook group what sort of resources are there for military people
2: for the most part it's facebook groups through my day job i write a lot about the military community and i take a lot of questions that people are asking and turn them into articles and we have a lot of networking and advocacy groups around the country that i can connect them with if that's what they need It's
0: interesting because I think that those resources you mentioned also exist in like a new city. Or Mm -hmm. if you're into like a new subgroup, whether that's hiking and you're just trying it out for the first time or paddling or whatever. A lot of times nowadays you can find these Facebook groups that can give you a lot of information and also connect you with people. And Mm -hmm. I would say, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, Rebecca, but like when people
2: ask you a question... Does it feel kind of good to know the answer and to like be able to help a little bit? It really does. I don't feel like it's a burden to help people with the information that I have. I'm going to give you everything that you need. Sometimes whether you ask for it or not, but I just want you to be happy. And if you have the information, then you can decide what you do with it. And hopefully, you know, you'll be happy at the end of it. And if you're not happy, then I tried. Yeah,
0: and really that's all you can do is is yeah. try and see how that's that's received. But really just feeling good in those actions. So my point with that though is like don't be shy to go on to a, a Facebook group even if you don't know anybody there and ask some questions cuz chances are the people on that page are really passionate in some way about what that page is for, or they have been in your shoes. And so you they can instantly relate to your hesitation or your question or whatever it is.
1: Yeah, we actually talked about this in our last episode about kind of relating to other generations where you can imagine being in their shoes or you know that they have probably been where you are. So there's been a time where you're new to a city or maybe visiting and you wanna know the best place
0: to eat. So ask those questions and then if you've got the answer, be ready to share it. Speaking of generations, how have you kind of structured this type of conversation with your kids? Like, have you talked to them about like the importance of making friends or about how this lifestyle is different than what it might be next year if you all are retired?
2: So my kids are very social. They communicate really well with everybody, which is sometimes surprising because not all, not all kids do that. I think that's a benefit to our lifestyle and our community. So we talk about things like making eye contact, introducing yourself. My five-year-old does it. He's friends with everyone. Uh, My teenager still does it. They tease me mercilessly because we can go anywhere and I know somebody. And a lot of that is because I take the time to say hello to people each place we go. One time in Florida, that's where we lived for those seven months. We had met a new family at church. We were new. They were new. We said hi. Hi. And I was talking to that mother and I you know, said, we exchanged numbers, we should hang out at the park, something like that. We got back in the car and my daughter said, mom, you just can't go up to people and tell them that you're friends. And I was like, yes, you can. Yes, you can. We're friends now. It's fine. But you know, you can, you can just decide, okay, I'm going to be nice to this person and we can be friends. And that doesn't mean you have to talk to them every day for the rest of your life. That's okay
1: yeah i think that's a huge distinction and one that i've kind of come to terms with in the last few years is that you you talked about having friends for a season or friends for for different purposes and they can be the people you talk to every day, and as you move on, you continue to stay friends with them, or they're just someone you see weekly at the grocery store and a friendly face and can be
0: a, a reference or a connection when you need them. And life changes. So someone who might be your friend for those six months and you do talk every day, doesn't mean that that always necessarily has to carry through, but it's not a sad thing that it doesn't. Mm-hmm. It's It was just a beautiful moment that you all had together and connected and that relationship brought you a lot of joy in that time. And that's what we're looking for. These little like sparks of joy that you can generate by just opening up a little bit and accepting that hello and that opportunity to, to connect. However brief or however long mm-hmm. it is, it's an intentional moment that you really put some like effort and energy into because ultimately you just care.
1: And when you're in those like six months of transitional chaos. It's probably really nice to see like a friendly face. Definitely. I um
2: I went to the library a couple weeks ago and the librarian recognized my name because I reserve all the books all the time. And that right there in that day, it was probably a random like Tuesday where I was running from one errand to the next just trying to get everything done and she was like, "Oh, I recognize your name." And I was like, "Oh." Okay. Like it made me smile because she took the effort to just say that one little thing like, "Oh. Okay." That was that was enough you know that little interaction was enough to power through whatever was left of that crazy day
0: i love that that like makes my heart so happy yeah <laughs> it's like being noticed and not feeling like you are just like this entity cruising through the world to do all these things that you have to get done on this list but like somebody stopped that like speed yeah and was like hey i notice you it can give you so much energy, like you said, to just like continue on. But maybe like now you're moving forward with a little bit more of a like little, little skip in your step. And you're more likely to have your eyes up as you leave the building. And it's kind of like when you get a new haircut and you're, you're walking down the street flaunting your hair a little bit. Like you have (laughs) that like sense of pride and acknowledgement and just overall feel good. What else? Is there anything that we kind of haven't touched on that you feel like is relatable to kind of this concept of just starting those conversations, having those little sparks of joy when you're in this type of lifestyle?
2: I think that one thing that I've experienced more here in the last four years than anywhere else is relating with the community that's not military where you live. Where we live now is very community focused, kind of separate from the military. It's hard to break into the community. Almost everyone's family is here. They were from here. You know, mom and dad are down the street and aunts are on the corner. And we've lived here for hundreds of years. And why should I be your friend if you're only going to be here for three years? Well, I mean, could you imagine your life without me? (laughs) You want me. Even if it's for three years, you want to be friends with me. And so as a younger military spouse, I would not have understood how to figure that out. Now, especially because we are going to retire and we're going to stay here and we are a part of the community, I'm really glad I made that effort. And some of that is getting away from the military community. There is a lot of discussion about this military-civilian divide and how you couldn't possibly understand what my life is like and all these things. And it's a bunch of baloney. We're all living life. It's all the same sort of thing. So I think as we join the community that we live in, for however long we live there, we need to find the similarities. We need to find the things that connect us, that interest us. We are part of sports and musical theater, and we need to know the community. Sometimes that means pushing into the community a little bit and saying, hey, I'm new here. What do I need to know? Um, And then taking that back To the military community hi you're new here this is what you need to know yeah like a bridge yes
1: absolutely it's really good advice for those who are not in the military but maybe live near bases or have friends and family who are part of it to know that that divide doesn't need to exist and even if you know you only live there for three years having a three-year friendship is great and You wouldn't hold that against someone who, you know, moved to your city for a few years not related to the military and then moved away. You'd still have wanted that friendship. We did it in college knowing we were only going to be there for a couple of years. So I think it's really worth letting those people in even if it is a six-month to three-year
0: friendship. Yeah. Think about, like, one night you went out to the bar or to a party, whatever and you've met someone and had a 20 minute conversation that stuck with you. You know what I mean? Three years is a lot of 20 minute conversations. Yeah. It's a lot of new perspectives. It's a lot of new like experiences that you may not have had. I did that and I've married to him 15 years later. <laughs> <laughs> See, you could be in passing. It doesn't even have to yeah. be like where you live and you can just have a coffee shop conversation And have a new perspective or know where to go next for lunch because Mm -hmm. they've got the insider tips. Like so much can come from a five-minute conversation or a three-year relationship with somebody. And that's okay if that's all it is.
1: Rebecca, like you said, you met someone in a bar and ended up marrying him. It's funny that we put that kind of work into a romantic relationship, but we don't take those same risks with friends. If you met someone in a bar and liked them, but you knew they lived somewhere else or were only in town for a few days, which was the case with your now husband, you may like not even bother exchanging numbers. You would have been like, oh, that was fun and like
2: have a great life. And you'd
1: be missing out on a friendship where, you know, when you think they're hot, you take that chance. That's so (laughs) And you work it out. So like, I think we kind of need to look at connections and potential friendships like you would a romantic partner.
2: I also think it's important to realize that there are different types of friends. Oh, yeah. So I generally categorize them in say hi friends, which is most people, and 2 o'clock in the morning friends Uh are the ones that are going to come when you call. And you need need those people. Mm -hmm. And the say hi friends – are fun. And, and you say, hi, when you pass them in the store and you might spend 20 minutes in the Kroger parking lot, catching up on life once every six months, that's fine. Not everybody needs to be both. I mean, I have a good friend. I'm actually going to go visit her next week. We haven't seen each other in five years. It doesn't matter Mm -hmm. because we'll hang out next week and it'll be just fine. And in the meantime, we mark a polo. We might text every once in a while. We don't need to talk every day. The relationship is developed. It's there. We will literally pick up where we left off and continue for a couple of days and then go our separate ways again and it's wonderful
1: yeah because you need that it's a lot of fun you get a lot out of it even if it's not an everyday thing you mentioned the two o'clock in the morning friends i imagine that's something that's tricky in the military community because you don't always have family nearby and if you're moving a lot you haven't developed those how do you get
2: to that two o'clock in the morning friend when you move that's a really good question we we joke about it a lot because you know they ask for emergency contacts The second you move someplace new and put your kids in school, and it's like, hmm, you know, I just met you, and this is crazy, but will you be my kids' emergency contact? And sometimes that's it. Sometimes you know right away, okay, I connect with this person. I can trust them to come when I call or with my kids or whatever. A lot of times, though, it does take some work and some complete blind faith in, hey, Our kids are about the same age. Can the school call you if they need to? I've always said, put down my phone number. It's fine. Like, we'll figure it out when we get there. And it always is fine. I guess
1: that's the trick is learning to ask for help. Mm -hmm. And then also people will learn that they can ask you for help.
2: It's the hardest
0: thing for me to do. That was a huge lesson for me when I hiked the Appalachian Trail was asking for help. Sometimes I didn't even need help. But I realized that when you ask somebody for help, however small it is, it really makes them feel good and involved and um, like they have a purpose. It kind of accelerates friendships, I think, when Mm -hmm. you are at the point where you can ask for help. Um, And sometimes you even ask them, what do you need help with? Mm -hmm. Like, like be a part of that conversation. If if it's someone you care about or if it's someone you know that might be in need of something, they're new to a community
2: two things to kind of add to that. The first one is we tend to ask for help in a bargaining way. You help me, I'll help you. Mm. That's dumb. Like don't do that anymore. People will help you because they can. And then if you can help them later, that's fine. If not, you pay it forward to the next person. The second one is especially when the service member is gone, we get a lot of, let me know what I can do to help you. Okay. I'm doing everything on my own right now. I do not have time to make a list of ways that you can help me. Just help me mow my lawn, deliver a pizza. I'm coming over to watch your kids for an hour on Saturday. What time works best? Like just do it, you know? Just help. Just help people. That advice I think is
0: also great for – friends who are pregnant or Mm -hmm. just had a newborn, dealing
1: with a loss. I've heard this conversation a lot. Some of it is just like a lack of creativity. We're not exactly sure how to help. So these are good ideas. The other thing is it kind of feels intrusive. We all are very independent people. We've got our routines, our systems, the certain kinds of food we buy, how we take care of our kids. So it feels intrusive. But I think that just taking a chance and trying it and doing it will be so much more valuable than like having done it the right way. And, you're opening that door to becoming 2 o'clock in the morning friends mm-hmm. when you need it. And then you know, because you've taken that that first step,
0: they're going to be there for you when you need it. I love what you just said about it. It could feel intru- – I'm that type of person where I'm like, you're going through something. I'm here if you need me, but I, am, I don't want to butt in. Yeah. I don't want you to feel like you have to answer my texts and my calls. But I was recently on the flip side of that where I was the one going through something and I – didn't know how to bring someone in because I never go in. And so I ended up having a family member who was just like, okay, I just got off my shift. I'll be there in 30 minutes. And I'm like, what? (laughs) You're you're coming over in 30 minutes? Okay. Like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with that or how. And you know what it turned into was us sitting there and laughing till tears and just like having like a moment of like... What the heck are we going through right now? This is insane. And then them offering to, you know, bring some food the next day or whatever. And it just made me realize that just physically being there, even if they didn't say, hey, come over right now is a good time. You know what? It doesn't have to be a good time. If it's your 2 a.m. friend, they can come over when it's not a good time and Mm -hmm. that's okay. And even if it's not, if it's somebody who's like offering to just show up, you probably need it and don't realize it. And it's okay to accept that help even when you didn't ask. So there's like two big takeaways here. A, asking for help is awesome for everyone, so do it. And B, accepting help is just as important even if you didn't ask for it.
1: And then if you're a long distance person or or really truly don't know how you can help physically, sending a thoughtful note, send a funny meme, send something that says, I'm thinking of you. I hope you have a a moment of joy Mm -hmm. amongst all of whatever's going on. And I think even that small thing can kind of open the door for next step.
0: You gave us a ton of great information and I think some good tips for everyone, not just people who are in this military style life, but also people who are maybe just going to a new town or a new place, or maybe someone who's been living in the same place for a long time and they're always kind of seeing it grow and new people walk in and maybe they have the opportunity to share and help that person feel a little bit more integrated on a nice timeline and and feeling very welcome.
2: Thank you so much for having me today. It was really my joy to share with you a little bit of insight into the military community and how we want to be part of your community And we can do that by, you know, just saying hi. If you want to say hi to me, you can find me on Instagram. I am at Rebecca underscore Allwine, And I look forward to meeting many of you there. Yeah, this was so
0: great. We really appreciate the time you spent with us today. As always, we love to wrap up this episode with some takeaways and challenges. First off, Maggie with a couple takeaways for you.
1: I think the first thing to remember is to give yourself some grace when you're new. It's going to take some time to adjust and learn your place. So be patient with yourself. Be patient with your community.
0: Next up, we just want to remind you all that it's okay to have different levels of friends. Some that's a quick hello in the grocery store and a nice familiar face or a librarian who remembers who you are. Or it could be that person that when you have something come up at 2 a.m., you can give them a ring.
1: And last and probably most important, ask for help and offer help. It's great for getting used to a new community, but it
0: also really connects you with people. So how can you act on these things? Here's your challenges. First one, if you are already integrated into a community, take a pause and try to look for someone who might be new, whether it's new to a club you're in or literally new to the area, and interact with them as if they're going to be your next best friend.
1: If you are someone who is new to an area or would just like to join a new community, put yourself out there. Look for opportunities to integrate. You can try out for a play, join a club, say hi at the grocery store. Just
0: look for those opportunities.
1: And for more ways to embrace being the newbie, you
0: can listen to episode 12. Hope to see you all on our Instagram and Facebook at howtosayhighpod, and you can email us at howtosayhighpod at gmail.com with all your updates and stories, and if you'd like some more personal tips on how to integrate into a new community.
1: And thank you so much to Brent McCormick for the awesome podcast art and his band The Wimps for the fantastic theme song and all the music you hear throughout our show. Until next time, bye-bye. Hasta <laughs> Hasta luego. <laughs>